And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. The story of the Afghanistan A-29 Forgotten Maintainers is one of promises made but not kept. Brought to the United States to receive education and training on maintaining A-29 fighter jets in October 2014, this group of Afghan men worked side by side with U.S. forces in order to return to Afghanistan prepared to protect their country from oppression. In August 2021, when the Taliban took control of Kabul, all promises made were suddenly forgotten. What follows is a conversation recorded between Russ Pritchard and three of the forgotten maintainers still in Afghanistan and still in hiding. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we all have almost daily communication with each other now. Uh, I call you guys the forgotten maintainers of Afghanistan. You've got some incredible stories. And could one of you please share the history of the A-29 maintainers and, and how you how you came up to August 15, 2021, please. I'm Major Ayar, the lead for A-29 aircraft maintainers who are left behind. First of all, I would like to share the real stories about these maintainers, from where they started and where they ended up with prices. First group of 14 maintainers, which I was honored to be part of that group. They started their English language training at DLI and then graduated in three months. After graduating from DLI, they started their training at IAFA. IAFA is an academy in DLI, Inter-American Air Force Academy. After graduating, they went through Moody Air Force Base for a special training on A-29 aircraft. During training, we got honored meeting of some congressmen, high-ranked uh, Air, U.S. Air Force officers and generals. And I have the photos. If you want, I can share them. On 11 October 2015, they all successfully graduated as a young maintainers and got back to their homeland on 12 October 2015. On 16 January 2016, we got four aircrafts arrived in Kabul, Afghanistan. And these maintainers officially started working and maintaining those aircrafts alongside with the company named SNC, Syria Nevada Corporation. With this company, trained them back in USA. After a while, the number of aircrafts got increased and so does the number of maintainers. There were 25 A-29 aircrafts and 88 maintainers, which some of uh, the maintainers left the job and some of them stayed back in USA. Recently, we just had 66 actively maintainers. In the recent months before the collapse of the government, 
These maintainers were able to do all the work without any assistance, like preparing the aircraft for missions, leading bombs, loading sorry, loading bombs, inspections, and scheduling. Till 14 August 2021, they were working non-stop, day and night, and completed every missions they got from their chain of command. Suddenly, on 15 August, everything got worse, and the government got collapsed. And they lost every dream they had. I still remember that day. On 15 August 2021, we had a morning meeting as usual. No one was aware of the what will happen. We got call from pilots that we have to prepare birds aircraft for a mission, and we did. It was around 11.30, we heard some rumors that the Taliban entered Kabul. Everyone got shocked and still continued to work at the same time. And some of us were thinking to fight or hide. At this unknown situation, some pilots got chance to fly to Uzbekistan and Tajikistan, and so does a few maintainers. But most of the maintainers haven't got the chance to leave the airport. They just stayed on base if they can get the chance to get aboard on the C-17s. But when 01 and 02 forces entered the airport, they kicked them out by beating and firing. On 16 August, uh, Colonel Jeffrey Hogan, which was 81st Squadron Commander, when the first group of maintainers were doing their training in at Moody Air Force Base. He texted me on my messenger and told me that I have to make a, a messenger group or a WhatsApp group and collect all uh, the maintenance information. And I did. Uh, we got contact with uh, Colonel Hogan and their team. They rescued like three or four of our maintainers, but they haven't get chance to rescue all the team. But they rescued all the pilots. They escorted them inside the airport, but not the maintainers. Yeah. Now we are in a bad situation in Afghanistan, left behind. And as you know, the Taliban are searching those who, are, who work with US forces, especially the H-29 maintainers and uh, pilots. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate your, your, your statement and what you had to say. Um, we all know over the last couple of days, uh, we've all heard that the Taliban have formed a special intelligence unit just to go out and find uh, pilots and maintainers and specifically anyone related to the A-29 program. It's a, it's a very difficult time. Uh, I would appreciate if you could expand more on What's happened since you were left behind? What, 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 what's, what's your life like now in Afghanistan uh, now that you're, the Allies are no longer there? Okay. Um, we still have some contacts with our uh, advisors, uh, like Russ. He helped us uh, to feed our family. Like he sent these uh, food boxes for us. And also we have an, another advisor by the name of Justin. 
Moldavia, he also helped us. We still have contacts with them. Uh, they are sending us food boxes, but we are not getting any uh, help for our evacuation. Mm-hmm. And you're stuck because I think some of you have evacuated, and a few of you evacuated here in the United States. Uh, there are some who have made it to the United Arab Emirates, and they're stuck there and separated from their families. Uh, tell me about tell me about the United Arab Emirates and how that is. Okay, we have six six of our guys with other maintainers that. They are stuck in uh, Abu Dhabi, and their families are still in Afghanistan. And there's no way for them to work in Abu Dhabi to actually send money home to feed their families. No, there's no way to because they they just they were stuck in in a base. They they can just feed themselves and they they can't work to send money to their families. I can say more about that. Go ahead, say more, please. Okay. Uh, so, first of all, thank you. I will thank you, Jamshidaya, so for explanation. Um, I will explain a little more about Afghanistan also. So, we had a lot of advisors, and we had two advisors in the ground on Ishkaya on the day of the collapse. So, they were trying to get out the 829. But they got very high level like messages from congressmen, from general, from the US. So they tried to get help other people, not A29. So they were just they got this obstacle. So that's why I'm forgetting from those guys. The situation is that those guys, the A29 for getting maintainers, they lost jobs. They don't have they cannot go outside to look like go to work exactly to feed their family. They're just hiding day by day, they're changing their home, they're going to their relatives. So they don't have jobs, they, they cannot feed their families. They're just, they're just waiting for help, any kind of help. They're just waiting to get out of Afghanistan, even in any country. So the like they don't have, don't have jobs, they don't have any kind of support for their family. Even they cannot go to doctors, their kids not allowed to go to school. So they have a lot of problems. The same thing with us in UAE. So our story was totally different. I was in the base on 15, I guess. So we were waiting for all day. I was connected with an advisor. So we told him we need help because outside, all the way in the base, they salva. We cannot go to home also. They told us, wait, wait, wait. It's 15, I guess, evening, everything is collapsed. Our general told us, okay, let's get the aircraft, get the aircraft, go outside. So we just started the aircraft. We took some aircraft to Uzbekistan and Tajikistan. I was in Tajikistan team with 150 other pilots and crews. We went there for three months. So Tajikistan starting first day, they got our cell phone. They took our cell phone, everything. We were not allowed to call our family. So took like for months, two months, our family don't know where we are. They think we are died. So that was very difficult situation. So after two, three months, the NBC just connect and they got this news there in Tajikistan. After three months, so General X and uh, I think Mr. Russ was also involved, they, they evacuated from Tajikistan to UAE. Now here we like five months, we are stuck in limbo, we don't know what is our future. Our family in Afghanistan, my daughter is one in sixth class, seventh class she is going, she is not allowed to go to school. 
women empowerment program so she can help other women. Now she's not able to help herself. So like this is a very hard story. So she is not able to pay their family. This is emotionally very hard to say that. So I'm stuck here for eight months. So I'm not, uh, cannot help my family, my kids, anything. Just Mr. Russ, he's helping. He's just sending food off to some families. He's helping all of them. He's just alone. He cannot do by himself. So he needs help from other people. So this is a story. It's very hard to black. You are like eight, nine months. You don't know your future. You cannot help your family. So sometimes we are not allowed to take our family off because they need something. We cannot help. So we just not answering the phone. So please, I'm giving simple someone else I cannot talk about. Thank you. I think it's important to point out, gentlemen. Um, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to point this out by phrasing a question. How many A-29 pilots are still left in Afghanistan? No one. Zero. So all the A-29 pilots were able to get out to different countries and to the United States, and they have their own sets of problems. How many A-29 maintainers have currently made it to the United States? I think uh, no one can out the uh, advisor or any agency to get him out. Because we, by itself, we went to Uzbekistan and Tajikistan. That's why we were in the team. So we get out to UAE and United States. No one gets out from Kabul to United States. And, and that's why, I, I, you know, to me, you guys are the forgotten maintainers of Afghanistan. If you're left behind, you fought shoulder to shoulder with you know, allied forces, American forces, and you're still there. And people, people need to know about that. Yeah, truly, truly. So I said in the video, you guys saw the Facebook video. So we were working with the 81st squadron in Muria Forces, Georgia. In 2014-15, we worked together. The same advisor came with us to Afghanistan, and we started working shoulder by shoulder. Our mission was in Kandahar, Mazar Sharif in Kabul. So we were working inside NATO bases because nobody allowed to go inside their bases. Even we had a lot of good background security. So that's why we were allowed to go to US bases, German bases, and Kandahar Marine bases. So we were allowed to go inside. Normally we eat together. We were bringing food from our home to our advisor, our American forces, friends, and they also feeding us. We were exchanging gifts when the advisor was coming home. So we're bringing from our home, from wife, gifts, we can send in their wives, their kids. We were exchanging like five, six years, those gifts and those who like, we have a very good, what's called, connection with those guys. And we were working together for five, six years. We were like one family, not what was like a war of life. More than like we were family, everyone was like we exchanging gifts, like using their family like cooks food. My wife was cooking for me, for me and we were bringing to the base. So the U.S. advisor, our other the company, so we can eat together. We have a very good relationship. I don't know, there are some people who was, they were able to help, but they didn't. And some was too small. They tried a lot, but they are not able to do it. Look like Justin Baldiva, he's trying his best, but he's very small brain guy. So he is not, uh, he's not, he's trying, but he's not, what's called, not getting succeeding. And same thing, Mr. Russ, Mr. Russ is doing a lot. Thank you, Mr. Russ, because you're feeding, I think, 6,000 people in Afghanistan, and you're helping in medical 
So that is a lot. I think it's important for Americans to really clearly understand you guys have already been to the United States. You had to go through an intensive background check to come over here, uh, to be selected to come over here to train at Moody. Help, help me out here, guys. Can, can I say you were the best of the best? What, what can we say about that? True, true. That's, uh, you want to be like one year. One year, I think it was like 10 months, 20 months checking, waiting and screening. So we got, we were like 100 or 200 people. We just chose some of those people. So Major Ayan was my class below, first group. So from a lot of security, the ground, biometric, other. So we went to United States, Texas, then we went to what's called Moodya Force Space. Because we were working in one program, so we need a lot of strong security. So in opening, in 61 years, Nothing happens. No small mishap is not happened. Normally in Afghanistan, did you get here or not? Did you get here this word? Insider, insider. Normally it's like uh, insider, the military guy can take US forces. Luckily in our program, in six, seven years, nothing, small thing not happened because the security was very good and the program was very great. Okay, let me add more uh, in, in your question, Mr. Ryan. Okay. I went to the United States two times. In 2013, I went for AMO course, Aviation Maintenance Officers course. Then I came back to Afghanistan when I promised to our country that when I go to the United States, I'm coming back to serve my country. Then in 2014, I got back uh, to the United States in A29 program. That's not easy to choose anyone for a for a scholarship to the United States. There was hundreds and thousands of people were uh, getting tested and after that they would choose just five or ten people for that program. And, and what was the, the select, selection criteria to come to that program? What, what were they looking for in terms of your background, in terms of your education and experience? Security background check. There was two more people that have to guarantee you that you are not trained for United States and also you have to come back to your country. Uh, did you guys, while you were here, did you do any sightseeing or vacations or have any fun experiences, uh, what I would call American customs or American holidays? Yes, of course. Myself, I did like seven or eight uh, states. I went to eight states and I met their people and I, I, I like their culture, the foods, everything we tasted. I've been wanting something more. So sorry to interrupt you. Uh, especially, that was dreams to us. Before I was in the, before I was in that state, I don't know. I was just trying to make my life. When I went to the state, I learned how to help other people. Mm. That was great, great achievement for me. I learned there how to help other people and the culture, the generous people. So I learned a lot. That was nice and that was nice to us. What do you guys want the world to know? What do you want the United States to know right now about you? 
ago. I just need to the U.S. people, the Air Force, the military, the congressmen, so everybody, the civilian, all people know that we work shoulder by shoulder. If you are not working with U.S., our lives will not be in danger. We will look like a normal people in Afghanistan, but now we are not. We are in totally very dangerous situation now. We cannot go outside. We cannot go school. Our kids cannot go to school. We cannot work. So we are totally forgetting our life is very dangerous now because that was affiliation with the U.S. forces. We work shoulder by shoulder. That's why they make our life harder now for us. So we need help from all of the like U.S. congressmen, senators, and uh, especially all militaries, so they can increase our life for all. So they can help us and they can evacuate us. We are not a lot of people. We just look back fifty, sixty families. Total look like two hundred seventy people. All kids and small and big. So that's all two hundred seventy people. That's not a lot of people. They can easily help. The evacuated look like one hundred twenty thousand people. They can easily give the two hundred fifty other kids their home. Guys, I can tell you, it's not even a full plane load, is it, to get everybody over here and your families? It's not even a full plane load. Let me ask you a question. Uh, this is something that's been on my mind for a long time. As you know, there were special immigrant visas put forth by the United States for, for people that you know provide a certain amount of service directly to the United States or through one of the United States-sponsored programs. And that was called SIV, and, and, and we all know how complicated that program is. How do you feel now? Being left behind in Afghanistan and being told you have to file for P1 or P2 status, which could take years to be considered to come to the United States, when you've already passed all the intensive security background checks and you've already been here in some cases multiple times, how do you feel about that? So, sir, I think that that looks like in our program they need translator also. But they did not file because why? Because we already every guy can speak English, and even we start because the collective with our advisor. If we need the SIV program, not P1 P2 because P1 P2 is a long process. So we request because we work with you guys five to six years. Even the seven American production company, the US country company, we told them so they can give us a HR letter and so we can easily move to US. But I don't know. Nobody talked about that. Nobody brought this issue, especially U.S. military-wise, Air Force-wise. They can easily put a little pressure on Sierra Nevada Corporation. You can tell them those that work with you guys for five years, you guys did not have any what's called interpreter, other look like worker. You are working together. We paid their staff for last six months because they were out of from Afghanistan. They were still getting money from Afghanistan. The company we were working for them. So I don't know, but you know the P1 is very hard situation. You cannot, you need to go to third country by yourself. You need to feed your family by yourself. Especially you're not, uh, you're not able to get the visa for third country. Even you not, you cannot get the passport nowadays. It's very hard to get passport. So you need to feed your family. Then you need your medical staff, interview other staff. It can take years. Even that's not possible, I will say. Take years to get a P1 application approved, yet just a year or two ago you had permission and clearance to be on a U.S. military base here in the States, correct? Correct. 
frustration. Um, and I've been working with you guys for months and months now, day by day. We've gone through food drops together. Uh, I've gone through the birth of babies with your guys. Um, we need the world to know about the forgotten maintainers of Afghanistan because you're stuck, you're there, and like you said, you cannot work. Uh, to be out in public is to put your lives at risk and your family's lives at risk. And so that's, that's the purpose here is to make everybody aware. Yeah, I mean, it, what blows my mind is that, um, you know, there was so much commitment that you had to do the training, to get the education required, to then be able to go back to Afghanistan, which you did, to create a, a strength there to serve and protect your country. And the moment that it is tested, by the Taliban coming in as they did while you stayed committed by getting aircraft out, by providing what information you were able to ascertain, while you held that commitment, the same cannot be said about um, what you received. That that commitment that was supposed to be um, provided to you was, was not upheld. That promise was not kept. Is that correct, what, I, what I'm understanding? Highly potential, highly potential. Yeah, I, uh, for all that you've done and all that you've given, and, and I love how you'd mentioned a moment before that when you came to the States, you learned um, not only just how to take care of yourself and to do better for yourself, but to help and to do better for others. And I commend you for that. And um, I just, uh, I hope we can find a way to provide the help that, uh, that you need in return. Gentlemen, can each of you say something else that you want the, the world to know about your situation? Each of you just take a turn. Okay. Yes. Uh, Okay, yes, sir, I want to, I want to add something uh, else, uh, like uh, Jamshed Ayarex uh, did some information about to, how to select for the scholarship and how to process the, for the scholarship. Before that, uh, we had some hard words and good time during the 20 years of U.S. forces and other coalition forces in Afghanistan. For the A-29 program, it was not easy to uh, select yourself for that uh, scholarship. You need to know some big bosses like generals, MPs, uh, hiring people to be selected for the scholarship or even or you have uh, more knowledge uh, very smart than you pass that process i did three times uh, they nominated me for the u.s scholarship and i passed that exam with the uh, high rank uh, numbers uh, but uh, unfortunately three times it was cancelled but for the last time i was uh, I nominated with Javed and uh, we selected for the A29 uh, scholarship and uh, we uh, we gave the test and the uh, US 
uh, and different sites at the beginning of the program. So we had a lot of mission from Kandahar and Mazar Sharif, especially in summertime. They were not able to take off from Kabul because of uh, high altitude. So we were, we did a lot of mission. I remember in 2017, uh, A-29 dropped 5,000 bombs in 2017. At that time, the U.S. forces and other coalition forces were in Afghanistan, and most of the... Uh, uh, missions uh, done by the foreign forces, not uh, by Afghans. So at that time, they dropped 5,000 bombs after the coalition forces and US, U.S. forces withdrawn from Afghanistan. It was very difficult for us, but we try our best. We committed that we will do whatever we can. And uh, after 2021, we did our best and uh, uh, we did our best and uh, sorry and uh, and uh, April May and US forces and uh, and uh, SNC they decided to leave Afghanistan because of the Doha agreement that which they did in uh, 2018 so after that uh, US forces and uh, other coalition forces they, they decreased the, their logistic support and other stuff and uh, after the withdrawal of uh, US forces and SNC and we did uh, this program for our own around six months and nobody can help us, nobody supply uh, aircraft maintenance equipment and other stuff. But just uh, whatever we did, we, we sent the pictures of uh, documents and they processed there in the UAE or in the United States and they come back the uh, schedule that you need to fly this aircraft or that aircraft. We did that. But we try our best at in 15, the, on 15 August in the morning, like uh, every other site where was collapsed, like Mazar Sharif, it was around on 12th or 13 August, same thing with uh, Kandahar. Our maintainers were stuck there and they were missing for two, three days. After that, uh, they luckily uh, rescued from there by their own and they come to Kabul they were crying they were scared and uh, they said uh, our uh, hiring people they, they did nothing with us even they prepared the aircraft for mission in Kandahar and they said pilot said we are going on mission but unfortunately they were not on mission they just came straight to Kabul and they left our A29 maintainers there after the collapse of uh, Kandahar, our all uh, focus and uh, all maintainers came together and uh, they decided that we will fight from Kabul uh, with Taliban. And uh, we were eager to fight from here because we, we, we didn't have any safe place to live there or hide ourselves there. We need to fight from Kabul. Uh, on 15 August in the morning, we were on uh, 
daily routine like we did uh, in the past uh, uh, six or seven years. Early in the morning, we join our uh, squadron. We made the uh, aircraft. We load them with uh, uh, dumb bombs and other the munitions. And they said, may, uh, pilot said, make the birds ready in case we have urgent mission. And we did that. But uh, after 11 or 12 o'clock, some rumors come that uh, Kabul collapsed or uh, the Taliban enter Kabul city. And uh, we were not aware of that, but just rumors. Our uh, uh, Air Force commander, he was in MOD. Our uh, defense minister, he was there. Our chief of army, he was there. We said they are still there and they are live on TV. So why, how it is possible that Kabul collapse or Taliban enter Kabul? So after that, around uh, two o'clock, or t around two or three o'clock, our Air Force commander said that uh, don't be scared, be brave, and we need to fight. And we did the same thing. And after that, uh, some of the pilots uh, they saw that the situation is not good, so we need to take some of the birds out from Afghanistan, and we need to uh, rescue ourselves from here. We went there, uh, when we come out from the airport, there was a lot of firing uh, in the air and every, everywhere was crowded. A lot of people screaming, crying, uh, they were scared. So then we go to the AP gate, it was a lot of crowd and we were not able to reach to the gate. We spent all, all day there and we were not succeeded to reach the gate. And then they said, you need to go to home and we will text you and we will show you which gate you need to come back. And then we went to home for night. Early in the morning, they said, you need to come to the Turkish gate. We went there and we waited, waited. Nobody come out to escort us. There was thousands of people in front of the gate and there was nobody able to get in through that gate. And then they said, okay, go back and come tomorrow. Then tomorrow they said, come to Black Gate. There is another gate at the east of the airport by the name of Black Gate. We went there and uh, we saw a lot of people were there as well. And uh, they, they gave us some uh, uh, signs that if you see any U.S. Uh, forces there, just show the placard and they will escort you guys. And uh, we did the same thing, but they said, no, we are just here for security. We are not escorting you guys. And then till evening, they said, okay, you guys need to go back and we will text you. And then the same thing happened every day. But uh, nobody succeed to enter through to the airport again. And finally, they said no. It's 31st of uh, August, and uh, we were uh, evacuating our own personnel, and we will not forget you guys. But after eight months, we are still in Afghanistan, and they said we will not forget you guys, and we are still forgetting. And this is, was our story, 
throughout collapse uh, of Kabul and evacuation forces in from that till now eight months uh, eight months gone and we didn't get any job we didn't get any income uh, we just hiding and they, they are saying hide yourself uh, from Taliban to not get job and we did the same thing but after now we didn't get uh, any uh, response to get we will get you out on this month or on that 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 unfortunately uh, our all neighbors they know that we are working with US forces and we went to US we trained there and uh, we fight with Taliban a lot we bomb them a lot we kill them a lot we we, we bomb their uh, big gathering we found their high-profile high, high profile, uh, uh, leaders, so they will not get us uh, even if they know that I am still here in Afghanistan. So this is the situation in uh, uh, our guys in Afghanistan. They are still hiding themselves, even they are not uh, going to any organization to find a job or to apply for it. There has to be a solution. Planes are moving bit by bit, moving people out. Um, you know, here and there out of Afghanistan, here and there out of Islamabad, here and there out of the UAE. Uh, the forgotten maintainers need to be remembered, need to be honored, need to be respected, and quite frankly, need to be evacuated. Allie, anything else you want to throw in? Uh, just a sincere thank you. And, um, you know, certainly by what you've done and how you've done it, leading by example, um, again, not just taking care of your own needs and serving your own purposes, but rather setting that aside, setting that aside to serve others and um, to stay committed to the commitment that you made. And I just hope that we can find a way for um, the promises that were made to you to be kept because they need to be. Yeah, I, I think, Ali, too, I, I just like to say that the, the three men that are on this call with us right now, they continue to be leaders. They, they continue to lead by example. Uh, I am in multiple chat rooms with them, and they lead by throwing in humor at the most difficult times. They lead by positive statements. They lead by listening and tolerating frustration from others. So these three are very, very special. Mm -hmm. I just thank you so much for, for sharing these stories. And it is, it is my hope, it is our hope that we can Again, just have this seen and heard, this truth seen and heard, and to make people aware of, as you say, Russ, these three leaders that we supported with, with education, with training in the states here, um, because we believe in you. We believed in you then, and we need to show that we believe in you now. And just as you've not let go of that commitment, we need to do the same and to honor that. And uh, for your service, for your commitment, um, we do thank you and uh, hope to share your story and have it heard. Uh, we will. We are committed to that and um, to, to make good in 
make those promises kept. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, it's uh, very easy if someone wants to do it. Uh, uh, like, uh, we are uh, around 47 uh, uh, members of A29 program, and we count all uh, family members from uh, uh, female to kids. It's around uh, 270 or 250 total. It's need just a small playing aircraft, and they can easily evacuate from Kabul, or even if they, they don't want from Kabul, they can do it from uh, Pakistan, either from Peshawar or Islamabad. They just, it's easy if they want, because uh, America is not a small country, it's a, a powerful country in the world, so they can do it. Thank you for so, just well, for all of these things. Thank you for sharing the hope that you all continue to have. Um, it is a hope that we share. And um, in sharing your story, we hope to um, just have it seen and have it heard and have these promises kept. Russ, is there anything more? No, I think that's it. I think we got a, a lot to I can edit. Gentlemen, is there anything else you want to say? We can always throw things back in. Anything you feel we left out? Yes, uh, Mr. Ross and ma'am. I just uh, like to thank you, Ross, for everything you have efforts and helping us. Uh, I have two questions, one from USG and one from SNC company. What are the conditions for being a uh, resettles in, in United States. Having uh, a security background check that we all have, knowing English language, that we all know English language. Uh, and also, there's one more, that we, we all have these conditions. That I don't know why they are not uh, paying attention and also they are not evacuating. And also I have a question from the ACNC company. When they, uh, they had million dollars of contract and they had asked for more than five years that we worked with them, why they are not uh, answering our messages? Uh, like I had three or four uh, friends, like we were like, like families. I, I brought them food from house and shared with them and we had good contacts. When I texted them, they said we were told not to help these guys. I don't know what's going on, why they are not helping us. Like before you said, we, we can apply for SIPs. They can give us initial letters and recommendation letters that we can apply for SIVs. that they are not doing that. That's it, that was questions that I wanted to share. I'll tell you what, I've been doing these podcasts for a while. It's always what gets said when everybody relaxes afterwards that has the most impact. And those last couple sentences you just shared were extremely impactful. That was uh, Allie comments. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially when here these were people, it wasn't a relationship like an instructor and a, uh, a student. It was like you're saying that it was family. Your family fed them all of these things. That was the relationship until this moment, until there was a confrontation. And at that point, for them to say they were told not to speak to you, not to help you, 
where does that come from? That was not part of what you signed up for. And that's not okay. So these are questions that I'm so glad that you asked because they're questions that need to be addressed and that need to have answers provided. I guess I would end this way. Thank you. Thank you so much for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you so much. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.